listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live, Toaster360. My stupendous sibling is Steve, Xbox Live, Stevevich. And it's pre-order season in episode 191 today, September 17th. 2020. We're going to be catching up with each other before diving right into our topic of the day, which is the Sony pre-order screw-up, which you can fast-forward to if you look at the timestamps located in the detailed section down below. Otherwise, you just continue to listen. I cannot believe it is Friday once more. I have some fun things that I am looking forward to sharing with you, Steve. Oh, really, Russ? Yes! But... (laughs) With that little dangling carrot, I'm going to start with you. What's new with you, Steve? Well, uh, I will say that uh, my a friend of my wife's got Disney Plus. Good. And I like that platform. Uh, well, that's good for you. <laughs> did you watch more Jeff Goldblum, Steve? No, I did not. Oh, okay. But so a friend of a friend of hers got it, and she's in Canada, and we were able to sign in on her account. Oh, so we stole some some Disney Plus, the old streaming stealing yeah, thing, you know. And I'm kind of I'm glad we haven't signed up, Russ, because I just feel like there's not enough on there for us to be entertained with. You, the National Geographic stuff alone would be very entertaining for you guys. There's a yeah, like a mountain itself, of stuff. Okay, by itself, yeah. But uh, so anyhow. <laughs> no, I, I still think it's worth it, though. But uh, what I will say is that we did watch a few things. Oh. Oh, yeah. I think they've also added all of their Fox assets to Disney Plus, <gasps> too. Because I saw, like, the Simpsons up there. They, for the Simpsons is on there, too. Which yeah, okay. is awesome. Yeah, you can only watch so much Simpsons. The Simpsons have been what? on air for, like, 20 years. And it, it, there's a reason why. That, that is a staple of American pop culture goodness right there, and you know it. It is... Okay, The Simpsons is not bad, but it's kind of a has-been show. No, it's, I it totally disagree. past its prime. I do not agree at I all. I used to do an impression of Barney when I burped, and I had it down perfect. I know. you. It was very impressive. And everybody thought, oh, that's funny. He sounds like Barney. Ah. And then there, we hit a point where no one recognized the burp anymore. And I knew The Simpsons had seen its day. Yeah, but that's... So basically what you're saying is you are succumbing to social pressures because... I'm certain, not succumbing to... Certain people didn't recognize the Barney I'm burp. I'm just saying that... That's on them, Steve. I that did, is on them. I realized myself that I wasn't very interested in watching The Simpsons anymore. But that was years ago, and I have no interest in really watching it now. Not saying it's a bad show, it's just I've moved on. Blasphemy, I say. Blasphemy, Steve. Anyhow, so uh, her friend paid the uh, like 30 bucks or something for Mulan. Oh, you watched that? We watched Mulan. Oh, man. I'm I'm almost afraid to ask. I saw the, the, the newest trailer that came out. I was like, ooh, like this is not... Very reminiscent of the car. I, I'm a fan of the cartoon. I always thought it was it was a fun movie, and uh, I saw that they had departed quite a bit. Was my gut reaction correct? Was it accurate? It. So the cartoon has way more character than the this live version. Yeah, one. there's no humor in it like whatsoever. That being said, it, it's not terrible. It's just I I wonder what it really wants to be because the cartoon knew exactly what it was. It was, it was, you know, it wasn't your Disney princess movie per se. Yeah. 
but it told a good story and it had some some great comedy in it and some great music and and whatever. So so it maintained the comedy aspect of it. So despite not having like the more no. fantastical characters. No, there was no comedy in this like whatsoever. They oh. just they just like told a story. Okay. But so they, it was much more serious. It was much more se- yes and no. See, it wasn't it was a live version that was way toned down. So it was like a kid's movie still, but a very serious kid's very movie. Very somber kid's movie. Yes, yeah. kind of. And so you always wonder, so it made me think, okay, what could have this movie been if it was like rated PG-13 or R? Because it would have been much, much better than it was just being like this serious kid's movie. Mm. So then I felt like, okay, well, what's Mulan now? Because I, 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 wanted, it, I wanted Mulan to be a live action movie, but retain the comedy and with like, like the spiritual characters and stuff. Right. And so they gave me the live version, but they took away all the comedy. And so I, I, it's like one step forward, two steps back in a way, maybe one and a half steps back. Cause I, I don't, I feel like I want to still recommend the cartoon, but not the live action version. Oh, like I said, I'm a big fan of the, the cartoon version, but I was a little unsure. Like, like it, it, it was weird because the first trailer that came out for it and you and I saw it together. I remember on uh-huh. Joygasm we watched it and uh, we were both very excited to see it. But yeah. then I saw, uh, I think it was either the second trailer or the third trailer. I can't remember which one. And it was much more focused on the narrative, and I and I was watching. I was thinking, this is a this is not the Mulan that I remember. It looks like they're taking some pretty liberal, creative liberty here in terms of like kind of like like it looked like there there were certain characters that didn't even exist in the in the cartoon movie that are now there. Like there was some there looks like some sort of like. Uh, evil female character or something that can like shape shift into, yeah. I don't know if it's like a bird or something, but like she has these different powers and I'm like, yeah. I remember how there was like the main evil dude in the Mulan, the Disney Mulan cartoon. And I think maybe he had some kind of vulture bird esque thing that was like, it, it, it traveled with him, but it never, it wasn't like a human in disguise or anything like that. So I don't know if like they looked at that and they thought, well, let's just extrapolate upon the bird and make it into this other character or whatever. And to me, I'm just thinking, well, you guys already have the story. Like, why don't yeah. you just stick to that? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I definitely do not think it was worth 30 bucks. I'm glad we got it for free. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyhow, uh, I don't, I don't, but I don't know. That just kind of set the tone again for for Disney Plus from us. Although we we did watch some of the Marvel stuff. We watched the first Captain America. Yeah. We watched the first Thor, Mm -hmm. uh, which those were good. But then again, I mean, I'm not really eager to go see all those movies all over again. I mean, I would watch them every once in a while. But I I feel like at some point I'm going to reach the end of Disney Plus and then I'm going to wait for them to bring out something, but I'm going to be paying for it month in and month out while I'm waiting. So the months themselves are really, I mean, like the, the fee that you're paying is super cheap. How I much think, is it, Russ? I think I'm paying like $3 a month. Is it three bucks? Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically a coffee drink a month, a small coffee drink. And I, I, like I said, I, I, it's cool because I have so much content. That, that's the thing. It's crazy because I canceled my Netflix subscription like a year ago or two years ago, something like that. 
And I still have like Amazon Prime. I have Disney Plus. I have Hulu. I mean, there, there are literally so many different outlets that have content. And that's not even counting the movies I have on hand, the video games. I mean, I have a Switch, a PlayStation, an Xbox. I, I, there's, I literally have more content than I, I know what to do with. Um, so I, I'm fine with that because there are certain nights where like, I'm just in the mood to watch something from Disney plus. And that's awesome because they do in fact have a ton of content. Now, again, when it comes to like Fox, for instance, um, like, like 24, I think actually was on Fox and, um, I'm not sure if they have that on, on Disney plus or not. We didn't see it on Disney plus, but then again, I wasn't looking for it. I didn't search for it. I actually, I'm glad that we're having this conversation because I haven't actually done like an earnest search for like all the, the Fox content. And I'm sure like all I need to do would just Google it, just go on and say, okay, I am betting that there is somebody out there who has made a comprehensive list of like every single type of TV show and movie that Fox owned that Disney has decided to push up. So uh, I'm curious to see that, but just because I think having that acquisition is going to really help that platform. Cause I, I, I see what you're saying. Like, you know, the star Wars stuff, it's awesome to have a place where all the star Wars movies are available. And even the clone wars, which I haven't even watched yet. And those are multiple seasons, but at some point you're going to, you've watched all the star Wars films. You want to see what else is there. Oh, cool. They have the Marvel stuff. Again, you, there are only so many Marvel movies that have been made. And once you go through them, then like, you know, the likelihood of you watching them again, it just depends on how big of a fan you are. Having said that though, like uh, then, then you have your Disney films, right? And your Disney content and cartoons and stuff. And you have the national geographic stuff. So I mean, it, it, I, I would argue there are multiple years worth of content. I mean, unless you're binge watching 12 hours a day, nothing but <laughs> Disney plus, then yeah, you'll probably eventually see just about everything they have. I'm not one of those people. And, and I therefore really like to just sit down and be entertained by one of their shows, even the original programming that they made specifically for Disney plus, I think you would really like just because it's this nice in-depth behind the scenes, whether it's like a, a, an employee testimonial or it's behind the scenes of how they're working on something or whatever else it's done really well. It's not dumbed down for children. It's actually really intellectually stimulating. I feel like so continue, please. Anyhow, so uh, I mean, we were just searching through it. We, did, we just really got bored quickly, so I don't think we'll be picking that up. But I think we will end up switching uh, to Amazon Prime. Mm. My thing is that because I mean, everything I can watch on Netflix. Oh, by the way, I finished up House of Cards. I have not, so I, don't don't I'm spoil not it for me. Gonna spoil nothing. I'm glad you said that though, because I, that, it's another show that I like. I need to wrap up because yeah, we uh, we cancel Netflix, but the, my, my membership still runs for a little bit longer. So I'm watching everything that I wanted to watch. Oh, on you Netflix. did? You've already canceled Netflix? Yeah, it's done. Okay. I if yeah. they end up changing directions, I I'm definitely I'll, I'll be back. But I just I I don't know. Yeah, I just feel I didn't know if you mm. were still considering it or if you actually followed through. I mean, if they change the only. Th- so I might get like, when they bring back the second season of The Witcher, I might like buy <laughs> a month worth of Netflix just to watch The Witcher. But yeah, I, there's A, I don't, I don't like the, the direction the company has gone. I just feel wrong about it. And B, everything I can watch on Netflix, I can pretty much watch on Amazon Prime. And then if I get Amazon Prime, I can get everything shipped faster. So what do you know? The one thing that I I'm feel reserved about 
is that Netflix does stream much better than my than what I've seen on Amazon Prime. I was gonna say Amazon Prime is also really good. I I, I think it just tends to depend on like what your internet performances but no it's not because like for example no uh well what's that movie that uh you show me once uh no country for old men uh that's yeah that's one of them okay remember <laughs> when we watched that one it was available on netflix for me for for a little while and then i so i watched it and i at, at a time i did have prime and i i flipped back over to amazon prime to watch it and netflix streamed it better than prime did oh interesting I how long ago was back, that oh that was probably winter last year. I don't know. So maybe things have gotten better. I don't know. But when I flip back and forth, there was a noticeable difference. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that Netflix um, probably has uh, some sort of tech behind it that that is probably one of the best in the business because that's what their entire business model was founded upon. Disney Plus, by the way. My goodness, man. It's okay. Okay. So I was looking at that because I've you always said like, oh, it's so crispy. Ah. But in my house, like every time I start it up, it's like, it, first of all, the the um, whatever show I'm watching begins instantly. Like you yeah. press play, it's like boom, right. and it starts up. Right. And like there are a couple of times when like, okay, it takes like maybe three seconds for it to go from like standard definition to HD. And that's like during like the Disney Plus logo anyway. By the time the show starts, it's crispy. It's fine. So... Netflix actually, in my opinion, Netflix ran actually a little bit better than Disney Plus did. Okay. Could have been just me. I don't know. All I know is that I was running like 50 megabytes a second and now I'm back at like two to 300. So it's a lot better than what it was before. Oh yeah. And um, anyhow, so we'll see. There's some shows on Netflix I still want to see, um, but that's where we're at there. I didn't play much. I, I only played Ghosts of Tsushima once, which was when we were streaming. Out of the last seven days, you've only played yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. Well, one of those seven days, Steve? Per our last podcast, mm-hmm. I've been trying to get- Otherwise a, known as Pop. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> I've been trying to give Avengers more of a shot. And so I've been playing. Now, you have been enjoying plenty of GOAT, Ghost mm. of Tsushima. It's not goat. It's got, Steve. Got. Goat. There's no A. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, I just like calling it goat. Not to be confused with Game of Thrones. (laughs) Or any other title that has G-O-T. So I've been playing Avengers. You haven't done Jack with Avengers. That's no longer true, Steve. No longer. Yeah. As of like Wednesday. Why, did you beat the game? Did you beat Ghost of Tsushima? You did, didn't you? Yes, I did. That's what I thought. I didn't see any uh, YouTube notifications about mm. you playing any more of that. Anyway, <laughs> that's what I figured. So, um, by the way, were you watching me stream? I was. Oh, were you really? I was watching on my phone. Yeah, okay. I can't watch you on my TV because I'm streaming at the same time you are, Steve. What did you stream, Russ? Marvel's Avengers. <gasps> did you? I did. Anyhow, <laughs> so I've just unlocked Black Widow. Oh, cool. And I'm still just not, the game just not just really just doing it for me. I'm still, I, I'm unchanged from what I last said about Avengers. Okay. How many hours do you think you have oh, put into it? Russ, I've probably put in about 20. Okay. So do you think based on the narrative uh, are you like 40% through the game, do you think, or halfway through? Or? Uh, I've got to be pretty close to halfway. Okay. 
Yeah. Probably pretty close. Okay. So far, it's just kind of, you know, just kind of flat. It's just average. I don't know. I don't know, Russ. But that's about all with me. What about you? I know you're dying to just talk my ear off and make me go to sleep with your (laughs) happenings. Well, I want to go back to Ghost of Tsushima because, yes, I did beat the game and I cannot wait until you beat it so then Mm. we can discuss it um, just because the the ending itself is um, worthy of discussion. And so once that happens in a future episode of Joygasm, Mm. catching up with each other, it'll be fun to be able to go into great detail. So until that actually happens, I will have to remain silent Mm. or mostly silent. So that's hard for you. It's a, it is. Um, but I, I can tell you that it's, it's a bit of a double edged sword for me in the sense that a double edged, I was Katana. Yes. (laughs) Very, very good. (laughs) Double edged. Kunai, If that's how you pronounce it. (laughs) But anyway, when it comes to the ending, um, there, there's, Part of it where like I, I I was satisfied, but then there's another part where I was not satisfied. So it'll be fun to be able to talk about that. But I feel like it did was, you talk about it with Brad? I did. Because I remember I think you said Brad felt the same way. So Brad let on that he was not well. Brad was even farther than I was. I mean, he was uh-huh. angry. Yeah. So uh-huh. uh, I was pretty surprised at the level of emotionality on display there, Steve. But having beat it, I did chat with him at great length about it. And he has, huh. we, we see eye to eye. Like, like there, there are some, some very valid points that are being made. But I, I, for one, I'm very glad that I was able to get through it, beat it, and wish there was New Game Plus. And hopefully they will actually make a New Game Plus. Even if there's not, I'm sure we'll go right back through it. I still need to go through, though, and tie up all the loose ends because there are kind uh, of a, a, a sprinkling uh, of question marks. Uh, However, when it comes to the Mongol territories, uh-huh. oh, they are dispatched of. Yeah. See, Let I'm me ta- tell you, I Steve. I am taking care of everything as no I go. No stone unturned That's with right. the Mongol territories. But, I mean, I, I think I probably still have some fox dens to find. And oh, sure you do. Little Russ. things like that. So, yeah. you know, my, my hope is is that perhaps I can platinum the game by finding everything. That's what Bradley was saying anyway was, oh, by the by, I'm mm. going to let you know about this. You may already do this already. I don't know. Probably do. Have you seen signs or have you, have you come across signs in the game that have an icon of a person bowing? Probably not. Well, aren't you glad I started this little topic? The only signs that I've ever come across, I think, are uh, like that tell you a shrine or something is nearby. Okay, so and I have actually seen this sign that I'm describing mm. to you once or twice, but I didn't know. Like, it, I figured, okay, I'll just bow, which was the <laughs> right thing to do. Like, apparently, they have. Um, a finite amount of, of, of spots where you'll come across these signs. And, and it, like I just said, it, it has an icon of uh, a person bowing. And so you're supposed to bow in that area and you'll know it works because there is some sort of like visual thing that occurs with nature. Like you'll be surrounded by butterflies or something. Oh, or sweet. There's something that, that obviously 
lets you know, yes, you bowed at the, in the yeah. correct spot. So he said in order to platinum the game, you do have to find all those different places, in which case I asked him, how on earth did you find these signs? And then he admitted he went online and looked at some sort of guide that uh, allowed him to be able to finish, which I have a feeling, Steve. Yeah. I don't know this for sure, for certain, but uh, I think that's how he gets through these games so quickly because I cannot understand how many games he can play in a given time period and be able to finish them and not only that, but like get just about everything completed in there. I think that's what he does, Steve. I, I have a feeling not throughout the entire thing, but I think toward the end or whatever, like when, as he's trying to wrap up, he wants to make sure he didn't like miss out on anything or whatever better known as cheating. So <laughs> we'll have to see <laughs> if my <laughs> prediction is correct or not. Um, anyway, was there anything else to you? That'll do it. Okay. So when it came to uh, Ghost of Tsushima, very happy. Like I said, I can't wait to be able to um, talk more about that with you. It pains me. I was I was actually hoping that you would come here and say that you too have beaten the game, but you have not. No. Uh, it was funny that when I was streaming that my wife was watching me stream and uh, then she was trying to make me laugh like she was poking me. Nice. My ribs. I'm like, I'm trying to be a badass when not uh, laughing. Yeah. Indeed. Moving over to Legends of Runeterra, Steve, I agree with you. The AI has, in fact, gotten harder uh-huh. because I'm noticing as I'm playing, I'm like, it wasn't this difficult before. <laughs> I, I wasn't losing this much. Like, what is going on? And and finally, I'm just like, yeah, I think Steve's right. I think that <laughs> you notice that the AI is like laughing at you more. You're like, huh. Making well, me feel bad. Well, there, there's certain rounds where, like, I mean, it doesn't just beat me; it like destroys me. Like, thanks like, you. Yeah. It, I'll have like one point knocked off its nexus, and I'll be down to one on mine. So it's like nineteen to one. And oh, by the way, like all of the character spaces are filled in, and I have like one or two characters. I'm like, what the heck, man? So it's like, okay, I, I will rise to the challenge. It's okay. Oh, I'll just get better. That's fine. Mm. So I thought I thought it would be worth just pointing that out. Sure. I also came across, have I, and, and stop me if I've told you this already, Steve. Remember who Tom Kalinske is? That does ring a bell mm-hmm. in a very dark cave I can't see through. The recesses of your mind. The labyrinths. Can't breathe this far underground. I don't know. Oh, jeez. I'm disappointed in you, Steve. I thought for sure you'd be able to whip out who that was. <laughs> Tom Kalinsky was CEO of Sega. Ah! Sega of America, to be precise. I'm sure it wasn't Sega of Japan, Russ. It's a very, very Japanese sure. sounding name. I don't know. No, no. No, no, no. <laughs> So what was really fun was that his daughter actually um, through some sort of, I can't remember um, which organization or whatever it was like they, they have this little program where I think it's like the, the, the children of very well-known successful business people get interviewed. It's, it's a fun thing because it's like family interviewing family. So anyway, she went through and um, 
asked him a series of questions, some of the things I, I discovered from listening to it, I was like, wow, like, like he has had even more of a, of a profound influence on our childhood than I even first realized. Because in addition to him being CEO of Sega of America back um, in like the like 19, like it was like late eighties, early nineties. Like he came on, I think around 1989, 1990, something like that. And that was of course when Sonic the Hedgehog was coming out and all the others. And, and he, he was the one who was very instrumental in Sega um, really taking a lead for most of the, the 16 bit console wars. In addition to that, he was one of the people who actually invented the Flintstone vitamins. Isn't that crazy? Man. Like that was the craziest thing. Like when we were kids in the eighties, that was kind of, I, I, I believe that was when the Flintstone vitamins became out. It was kind of a new thing and everybody liked it. Like we love the character designs of the vitamins. We thought the, the vitamins tasted good and stuff like that. Yeah. No, that, that he, he was like one of the point people for that, yeah. which was super cool. Another thing too, is that he also had an involvement with the He-Man stuff. So like the He-Man merchandise and all that kind of thing, like like um, he was very instrumental in, in getting a lot of that stuff um, successful to the point where like you know like the cartoon was doing really well and the toys were doing really well and everything. Yeah, that that was that was Tommy. That was that yeah, was definitely Tommy. Tommy boy. And I don't know if you know this, but he was the one who also was very pivotal in uh, keeping the Barbie line afloat. Because I didn't know this, but apparently Barbie was almost bankrupt. Like, like, like they almost stopped selling Barbie. And there was some lady that came over to Tom who, you know, he wasn't a CEO or anything like that at, at this time, but he, um, I believe it was Mattel that he worked at. And um, she said, yeah, like, I, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to have to pull the plug on Barbie. And Tom was like, what? Don't pull the plug on like, Barbie. No. So then he spearheaded this whole campaign and it ended up working out terrific because as a result, Barbie like just exploded in popularity in the eighties, which was like around the, 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 the time period that he was um, working and having his tenure at uh, Mattel. So again, looking at all those, all those different achievements, I'm thinking, man, like he, we, we really have a lot of gratitude to give to uh, Mr. Kalinsky because the, and I mean, with the exception of Barbie, I mean, uh, right. <laughs> we didn't really uh, play with Barbies. We were kind of more of the GI Joe crowd, but um, I can say that I also had a lot of fun playing with the, the He-Man toys and stuff. So hats off to uh, Tom for, for being able to fill our childhood with glee. Thank you, Sam. Uh, so the finally for me, I have been playing more Marvel's Avengers. Uh -huh. I was streaming it on Wednesday night, which is the time, of course, that we always sure. do our uh, Joygasm streams at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. And I, so let me, let me describe where I'm at. And then you can, I'm, I'm assuming you're farther. Well, I know you're farther because you have <laughs> Black Widow. I have essentially made it to the part where um, Hulk was uh, he was fighting um, Abomination, I think is the, the character's yeah. name. So I beat him mm. and I'm a little bit farther after that. Like I think right, I've yeah, just gotten yeah. my bedroom back at the resistance headquarters. Sure. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Whatever is, is that is what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Or is it just a helicarrier? It's, it's like the, the chimera or something. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that thing is. Chimara. Chimara. Um, so how far um, mm. back am I from where you are? 
Uh, quite a ways. Quite a ways. Yeah. Okay. Quite a ways, yeah. So I do have some comments I want to make to you, Steve. First of all, I uh, I totally know what you were describing to me before with regards to the Hulk in the sense that like as you're playing the Hulk and you come up against like some of those guys who have those shields and you really, I mean, like you struggle to get past that shield. I too have an issue with that because as the Hulk, like that should not stop him at all. And literally the only thing I could do was like continuously pick up debris from the ground and throw it at them in order for that to go away. Cause anytime I try to get behind him or jump up and do a slam or whatever, I mean like uh, apart from doing like his ultimate ability that charges over time, you really can't get past those characters. And so I found myself kind of being a little let down as a result, but to be fair, like I, I enjoy lumbering around as the Hulk. I mean, he has a really cool presence in the game and, mm-hmm. and him being able to leap and grab onto like the walls and jump and, and crush stuff and everything else. I mean, the way he sounds, all that is really cool. And it does make me wonder if it's more of an issue with how they have the upgrade system set up because I have witnessed a little bit of like, oh, you've got a skill point, therefore you can spend it here, here, here. So I, I think that's kind of what I have going on in my mind, right? Is like, okay, maybe they have it set up where you, when you first start playing as the Hulk, it's kind of more of like the basic level. Yeah. Hulk. And then you can, by the time like you get close, I don't know, close to the end of the game, you've unlocked most of the abilities. Suddenly he feels more appropriately Hulk. I'm not exactly sure. I, like, do you notice since you're farther along, have you played more as the Hulk? Uh, every once in a while, yeah. It, it kind of just feels the same. Yeah, you, I mean, you do get stronger. But the other night, I, I played as as Hulk, and I still couldn't get past those shield dudes. So, okay. I mean, like your punches get stronger, uh, and so if they don't have the shields, then, you know, it definitely wastes more life. But then as you're smacking the crap out of them. They don't. They hardly even move, and they're like their shield doesn't break. And I don't know. I can run through skyscrapers, but I can't defeat a yeah. light shield. I don't know. It just seems like like just to, just from a pure weight ratio standpoint, it's like okay, fine. You have a shield that can pr- protect you from like bullets and stuff. But if you have like <laughs> a ten foot ogre of a man coming at you, it's like really hard to hurt. By y- the way, yeah, it's like I don't care. <laughs> what you have in front of you. Like you're going to go flying simply because you're like a 200 pound dude. The Hulk is like a thousand pounds. I mean, it, it's, it's the whole, like, I don't know, physics thing. Well, plus two, <laughs> like you should still be able to grab people. Like it, they have a shield. It should be no problem. Hulk would just like throw the shield away, grab and like flip flop him around Loki style and throw him away. I, so like, even if he couldn't bust through the shield, he would still grab him and, and toss him. Like it, I really do hope they have that move in there for the Hulk. Like where you they do. Like, they, okay. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. So that, I mean, it sounds like it's pretty accurate to, to guess that over time, all of the heroes become more and more like how we all expect them to be. I can see why they would do that. But at the same time, I don't know if that was a good call or maybe it just needs more balanced tweaking kind of thing going on. I'm not exactly sure, but that's not to say I'm not enjoying the game. I actually think that um, there are aspects of the game that are fun, but I do think that there, there are certain gameplay mechanics that need some more polish and some more um, thoughtfulness behind them because they seem kind of outdated or just not really 
as immersive, I guess you could say. Like for instance, to give you an idea, and you've already been through this part, but like I was Miss Marvel and there are like these three control panels that you have to turn on. And it was literally like I turn one on, enemies spawn. I have to take out all those enemies before I'm able to actually turn on the second generator. Rinse and repeat, enemies come, have to dispense with them. I get to the third one and it's all in order to unlock this other door. So even though I've unlocked or not, excuse me, unlocked, turned on all three control panels, the light above the door I'm trying to get through will not turn green until after I've dispatched every last enemy. And I'm like, this is outdated thinking. This yeah. is this is outdated yeah. methodology. This right. is not realistic. Like I want to be able, especially with a game this new, like I should be able to decide I'm not going to take out all these different guys and I'm just going to run through the door. Now they can follow me if they want and chase, get, you know, give chase. That's perfectly fine and realistic. But I mean, this is, I don't know. I found it to be kind of like a, a rather shallow approach to, to some of the, the combat mechanics and, and, and going from point A to point B, that sort of thing. Um, I want to also talk about the graphics though, because now that I've played more of the game, that's a pretty game. Like the graphics themselves, like when you're in Utah and you're looking at all those rock formations and stuff and the draw distance, it was gorgeous. There's parts where it is gorgeous. Yes. And then there's parts where it's not. Okay. I'm telling you, because like in the first part of the game, when you first meet in your, your Bruce Banner, you're kind of going through the forest. Oh man. That was pretty too. Stunning. Yeah, exactly. And then you were in Utah. It looked great too. Yeah. When you're in like urban areas in the cities or inside like a warehouse or something, like it goes flat quick. Okay. Well, I'll give you another update as I continue playing along. But so far, I've been very impressed. I, I, I love the Golden Gate Bridge sequence. I, I really liked playing as Miss Marvel, going through the city at nighttime and going into the park. I thought that looked really nice. And again, as I just mentioned, going through Utah and um, seeing the, the helicarrier all crashed out and everything else, like the forest sequences, like foliage is hard to model in light in a way that looks appealing. And I think they've... Man, I mean, there were, you can even, if you watch the stream, there are multiple times where I stopped and just looked around. I was like, man, I really like how this looks. So there's a sequence that I was playing earlier in the week where you have Jarvis. I'll just tell you, you, you start talking to Jarvis and Jarvis I got goes, the, I got the hard drive of Jarvis. Okay. Well, there you go. But I haven't, ta I haven't started talking to so, him. So, well, anyway, I mean, you got the hard <laughs> He's yeah. got the hard drive. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Put, it, put it in a locker I somewhere. I figured at some point I'll, sp I'll be speaking <laughs> yeah. to Jarvis. <laughs> you just carve your initials in the hard drive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's it. So anyway, Jarvis, he wants to hack into something and you're, you're just trying to get into a new location is where you're going. Yeah. And so you're Tony Stark and you're waiting for this, for Jarvis to do his thing and swarms of enemies are keep on coming to you. Now, all Jarvis says is, hey, stay in proximity or else I may lose connection. And that's all he says. Yeah. And so at some point, and, and swore, I mean, enemies are coming at you everywhere. And all you are is just Tony Stark. Well, not, I shouldn't say just. You're Tony Stark. <laughs> You're friggin' Tony Stark. <laughs> but, um, and so, but there's tons of enemies coming at you. And so sometimes you get out of the proximity you're supposed to be in. And I think, okay, well, I'll just go back in and my, he might have to start over. Whatever. He's Jarvis. No big deal. There's no timer that says, like, when you're supposed to be out. There's no timer that says you're supposed to be in for so long. There's no timer anywhere. And at, at repeatedly, out of nowhere, it just says mission failed. 
because I've stayed out for too long mm. and I've tried to time it and I can't time it. And so I just think like, eventually I'm going to use like my, my strong power and just obliterate everybody so I can stay in the, the zone. Sure. Yeah. But otherwise, if I just fly up and around and stay in the little, the zone that I'm supposed to be in, the game just like ends and I have to start all the way over again and again and again and again. I'm like, this game has got to like work out either. If this is either a bug, it, it's got to, this, so I can't be the only person to notice it. Yeah. If that's how they wanted to finish it up, it's pretty rushed. Yeah. I'm going to have to um, let you know my thoughts once I get to that point. How, how much farther ahead is that? From it's, where I'm it's ahead. Like you, you gotta, you, you gotta, gotta play for a do. while. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, I will continue playing the game because um, there are there is merit to the game. I'm just gonna I'll say that for sure. Like like there are aspects to it. I just I think I'm having to realign my expectations just because I was expecting it to be like super high up here, and um, it just so far hasn't like the and it's it's not like 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 there's a huge just disparaging difference from what my expectations were versus like what my experience has been with the game. Having said that, though, like like one of the things that I find um, a little frustrating is like the camera is kind of twitchy. It is twitchy. Yeah, like like I'll move and all of a sudden it goes whoosh. It's like whoa, whoa, I, I, I didn't want to do that. And I can't you know. see where anything like who's attacking me. Yeah, and I remember us talking about how um, it was interesting that Crystal Dynamics ended up delaying the game's release, which I think looking at the game now, it's, I'm glad that they did that because they clearly needed more time. And I think that honestly, they probably could have used a bit more time just to, again, it's that polished phase where like, you know, all the nuts and bolts and stuff are in the game. You just, you need the time to be able to iron out the wrinkles basically. Right. And so that's what this is. Is like, you know, it's, it's a really pretty shirt, but it's got wrinkles in it that need, I, it needs to be ironed. And so that, that's kind of like how I, how I view it um, when it comes to certain things like that. But overall though, like I said, I think, I think the audio sounds great. I think the visuals are very impressed or impressed, impressive. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll see, like it'll, it'll be interesting to see like how the game um, ends and then we can, we can discuss that further. <laughs> Miss the Sony pre-order? That's okay. It's time for the topic of the day. topic of the day is the Sony PS5 pre-order screw up. So they had um, this Sony PlayStation live stream showcase, or maybe maybe they called it the PS5 showcase live stream. It's one or the other. Sure. You flip those words back and forth. Doesn't matter. So they just, they, they said, Hey, we got some big news and we're going to be sharing that with you. In addition to showing some extended gameplay footage of several of the titles that we had teased at our last show. I will say that I think in terms of what they had to show, 
there were certain titles that I, I got a much better idea of what they were about. I was glad that they did, in fact, show more of that. Um, I was especially impressed with Demon Souls, um, which, of course, is, the I believe, the, the, the developer that also worked on the Souls series as well as Sekiro, all that fun stuff. But I was very impressed with the graphics uh, fidelity on that. And apparently that is a game that will be available for launch when the PS5 um, drops. So did you like, when, when you were watching the show, did you enjoy what they had to, to offer? I mean, there wasn't really, I didn't see anything new that hadn't already been announced, but they, they did go more in depth. They did go more in depth. I, I still was a bit... <clears throat> Disappointed. I, I I thought I thought they handled the show fine. I thought I thought that you know the people that who had stuff to say they didn't take forever to say it. They got back to the games. Uh, the games looked fine. I think what they showed towards the end of the show was better than what they showed in the beginning of the show. That was definitely a lot more memorable. Yeah. But if you were watching, did you see at the at, in, during some of the sequences how it wasn't like an exclusive for Sony? It was like, oh yeah, also available on PC. Uh, I did notice that, yeah, thought, in tiny text. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> well, that's kind of taking it away from the PS5. And here's the thing too. So I spoke with a friend of mine who is a fan of the, of the Soul series. And I'm like, so are you going to get a PS5 now? And he goes, well, no, it's available on PC. So I want to go to get a PS5 to get that game. Oh, interesting. And he and he is he is diehard on that on that series. Like he was he was thinking of buying the system, and he yeah. actually pointed that out to me. He goes, yeah, see, uh, available for PC. All right, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I already got a nice PC. I'm and just going to get it for that. And I'm telling you, for the best graphics, um, as long as you have the the proper graphics card, the cones. Oh my goodness, that that is the ultimate experience. Right. So, but I mean, he was all for buying a PS5 until he found that out and. And he goes like, yeah, I'll wait, you know? And so there's that. Um, I was really hoping they would improve on how Final Fantasy looked. I, I thought Final Fantasy looked better in the previous show than it looked on this show. I'm like, what happened? I mean, did you just notice that? Mm-hmm. So anyhow, I I mean, I'm still, I'm cool with, with still waiting. I mean, God of War is going to come out later on. They'll have a lot more games later on. I just think that, you know, I... I'm just not in a hurry for it. I have a bigger library of Microsoft titles, and I'm just, I don't have a 4K player. I just think I'm going to get the the Microsoft system. I there's a there's a slew of games that I have yet to beat. Yeah, and I'm, I'd love to finish them on the best possible way I could. Sure, you yeah. Know, I still have my one, I, my Xbox One. <laughs> I don't even have an X. So like a bunch of people are even playing these games. And it looks better on their system. My puny system that I've had for years to 2013. Oh man, I I I didn't get it in 2013. Yeah, I got it like a year or two later. So anyhow, half a decade old at least. So I, 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 I'm still on board of, with getting a Microsoft um, Xbox Series X. Mm-hmm. But if I don't get it on opening day, I, st- I think I'll still try and pre-order it just so I can brag and say I'm better than you. There you- <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So uh, but I, I, I think I'll still try and get one on opening day, but I, I'm not going to. My heart's not going to be broken if I don't get one. Now, when it came to the end of the uh, PS5 showcase live stream, one of the, the biggest uh, announcements, of course, was that they decided to announce how much the PS5 is going to cost. Which we are, I figured they would do that by now. Now, what was interesting is, so 
they have the the version that has the the disc tray, uh-huh. and then they have the the digital version. Yeah. Now, what was interesting is that if you recall, so the Xbox Series X, they dropped the price. Well, they 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 said, oh, it leaked, which I I halfway sure. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not it leaked exactly from sure Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it leaked, it leaked from on Phil purpose. Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the Xbox Series X, uh, we know, costs five hundred dollars, and then they have the Xbox Series S which is a bit of a watered down version, but still a powerful console yeah. uh, that is going to retail for $300. Mm. So we were all very much deal. curious to yeah. see like what the price is going to be. So it's sure. interesting because the PS5 is, and this is the, the, the full version with the disc tray, that is matching Microsoft's price for the Xbox Series X, 500 bucks. What's interesting though is that their digital version is going to be $400. Uh-huh. So there's literally $300, $400, $500 options from the two different uh, some competitors. So when it comes to that, what's, what I also find interesting is that the specifications of the Xbox Series S apparently in certain regards is still more powerful than the PS5. Or at least very competitive with it. Yeah, like um, like I think there are certain things that it, uh, it, it is not like I think the PS Five is more uh, I don't know if powerful is the right word more for it betterist. There, there are just <laughs> there are just certain options on there that I think are not available on them, the lower version of of the Xbox Series X. Um, but having said that, it is interesting how they are going with the four hundred dollar hmm. price tag on hmm. that. Do you think they should have gone for three hundred dollars for that or not? I don't know about that, right? Because they're, they're both digital versions of the system. That's true. The thing is with the 300 bucks, I mean, I with, with Microsoft, I kind of feel like if you bought an Xbox One X for 500 bucks, and then this thing comes out for 300 bucks, and it's more powerful than your One X, you're going to feel like, what, I just spent 500 bucks on the second system, and I just could have waited. And, you know, so, in a way, like, I didn't do that, but I would feel as, as if I did, I'd feel a little bit burned. Because now you're, you're giving me, only like a few years later, you're getting a much powerful system for a lot less money. It's almost like a win-win. I mean, but it's not. It's like, okay, I spent money on two Xbox systems, now I'm going to spend, I don't know, it just doesn't make much sense. I kind of think, like, as a consumer you expect certain prices to be there and you almost think that if it's too cheap of a price, you think like something else is, is wrong with it or something's up with it. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's how my brain is tweaked. Well, I think that when it comes to the to the two different systems, I'm very curious to see how they are going to perform just because I think that that you have two different audiences. I think there's an audience out mm. there that has fully embraced more of the digital download. They sure. don't really care about the physical copies at all, but there is also a very large audience that still wants to have the option to be able to purchase a physical copy of a game to be able to have and to hold from this day forward. So whether or not one or the other sells better, um, I do think this could be, in fact, the the last console generation where they're going to offer, offer a uh, disc tray within the systems. I think that when the next generation of consoles come out in the next, I don't know, five to ten years from now, I think that they are going to completely do away with physical copies, which is it's pretty crazy to, to think of. I hope I know that's the way they're going. I hope that doesn't happen. But well, so do you think you're going to get? I'm just swaying the conversation from 
PlayStation and Microsoft, but it's I just I, I gotta know. Yeah, yeah, I gotta know. What's your question, Steve? So I know you want both systems, and eventually when I feel not as cheap, I'll get both too. <laughs> but are you going to get the lower end Microsoft system? No. Or okay, fine. No, I'm going for the, the $500 <laughs> one just because I am of that um, fan base that I, I like the option of being able to have physical copies of games. Because there are certain games that come out that are super special. Hmm. Like, for instance, um, the Cyberpunk 2077 title that yeah. I pre-ordered, the collector's edition or whatever. I can't remember what they call it. Ultimate edition, sure. collector's edition, something like that. Anyway, it's a disc. So <laughs> I awesome need I need a disc tray in order to play the game. So go, I'm not so much am I going to be playing that game on mm. just an Xbox One. I want to be able to put it in the big boy. Yeah, there you go. Hashtag go big or go home. But I uh, here's, here's <laughs> one of my predictions too. I do think that once the, the, the consoles no longer offer the physical copy of games, uh-huh. I think that over time... Mm you are going to have future generations and even our generations kind of long for being able to own the tangible discs. I think they're going to become like those, those um, collectible vintage items. Mm. And we've seen that already with some of the, the older classic games, like for the Sega Saturn and whatnot, just because they're getting harder and harder to find. And, you know, regardless of how old they are, the, you have some cult classics out there that everybody's like, oh man, I forgot about that game. That's super cool. And I mean, we've seen how some of these games sell for a whole lot of money. So it's it's interesting to me that there is, it's almost like, you know, in, in the in the music business, how they how everybody used to have record players and they had records and stuff, and then they went from from records to cassette tape, and then from cassette tape to disc, and then from disc. Now they have they were actually the first to to pretty much go the whole digital download route. True, although <laughs> with that in mind, the disc is actually was still better than the digital download. Yeah. So, but so we kind of took a step back just for convenience. Sure. Sake. Yeah, yeah. And, but I do think what's interesting is that there have been folks who are, you know, our parents' generation, but also a lot of millennials who have taken a big vested interest in like starting and building a, a record collection. In fact, record players have actually made a um, kind of a, a successful comeback of sorts where people look at it and they go, man, it's like, it's just, it's just neat to be able to have this old technology in my, you know, modern day futuristic house and be able to play this stuff and, and kind of feel connected to that time period of uh, the seventies, for instance. Speaking of record players, Russ, see now we're digressing further. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to put us back on target here just a minute. <laughs> There's a record player you can get where it has like that reverse magnet polarity thing where like, you know, if you have two magnets that are reversed, they kind of push each other away. This actually, when you turn it on, you give the magnet some current. It pushes the disc or the, the record up high, not high, well, like a foot off. The, like it hovers? Like it hovers, and then the needle is like up in the, not up in the air, but like there's a there's a stand with a needle, and the record looks like it's floating That and is cool. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to send me a link yeah. on that. I may have to pick something like that up. That's That sounds pretty slick. So to get back on to target of our topic of the day, which is the uh, Sony pre-order Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Right, yeah. So they end up saying, okay, here are the prices, and oh, by the way, 
you are going to be able to pre-order this starting the next day. And so that actually was, was really big news because it's like, oh, wow, like they're not waiting until next week. Like, you know, Microsoft is um, having their pre-order date literally like next week. It's like the week after um, Sony had their, their presentation. So they, they decided to beat Xbox to the punch. That's kind of big news. It's mm, like, okay. Yeah. So everybody is marking their calendars, setting their alarms, all that stuff, just making a mental note. Taking time off work, right. Exactly, because they want to be able to get in on it. Yeah. Well, what ends up happening is, is that I get a text from Bradley later in the afternoon and said that um, one of the people that he follows on Twitter, which goes by the name of, uh, I think it's Wario64. Yeah, I've heard of him. He, he, I don't know how he gets all this, this information, but, but he's very resourceful. Anyway, um, he posted that he had found links on Walmart's website for the PS5, both the digital version and the, the physical copy version. And that people were able to actually make orders, um, from the links that the links were in fact live. So that was kind of crazy. So, so like, um, he went, you know, Bradley went over there and, and, uh, he was able to, to grab one, but he said, you know, he doesn't, he still thinks that he's not sure if it's actually secured or not, because first of all, at the time we weren't sure if like it was truly an active link or not. And the other thing is, is that apparently Walmart has a bad reputation for just allowing people to pre-order any given product but they only have so much of the product. And then when it comes time for that product's release, they go, Oh no, we only have this many. And so then they sit, they, they essentially send out like a oopsie daisy email to people who actually don't have it pre-ordered, even though they thought they did, which is just bizarre to me. I'm like, you guys are a multi-billion dollar corporation. Like I would think that you would have the tech in your website to be able to ascertain like, okay, we have X amount of product. Therefore, <laughs> you're only going to allow X amount of pre-orders. It's just, I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me. Moving on from that, though, what was um, initially assumed to be kind of like a glitch or maybe like some pimply-faced teenager who, who messed up the, the, the activity for the links, it ended up being legit. And what happened was you had this domino effect where Target, GameStop... Best Buy, Amazon, essentially all of the largest retailers out there all of a sudden made their, their quantities of PS5 pre-orders available that day. And it was, granted, it was more in the evening time. Like it started happening like, I don't know, around like 8 p.m. or something like that. But I mean, like to give you an idea, I'm in central time and the Walmart thing happened at about... I want to say four or 5 PM central time. And, and then it just kind of went on from there. So by the time that it was actually technically the next day, you know, like, like 1201 AM, they were sold out. Like, like everywhere you look, that was totally sold out because people were, were finding out through Twitter and, and other means that, Oh my gosh, like these links are actually working now. And, so there, there was like, there's been this backlash going on with the, 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 especially the Sony fanboys, because you have people who, you know, they, they watch the show and they're ready to, to, okay, I'm going to, you know, as soon as, as it's the next day, I'm going to make, put in my pre-order and uh, we'll be good to go. And I even have coworkers at work. We were talking about this on Slack and there were people who actually got a PS5 console in their cart 
was in the middle of entering their credit card info and they saw the, 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 the console product item disappear from their cart before they could actually check out. Like, I heard like, about that. That's that, that's what people were dealing with. So Microsoft ended up sending out a tweet that, that threw shade at Sony. Sure. I saw it. And, uh, you know, it, it said, you know, they, they posted up um, pictures of their Xbox series S and X and they said pre-order September 22nd worldwide launch in 36 countries, November 10th. The hype is at 9,000 plus, And then they put in parentheses, don't worry. We'll let you know the exact time pre-orders start for you soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to think too. I don't know if you saw this uh, tweet. It was, I, I, I didn't think anything of it. And then it just dawned on me where, uh, what's the guy's name who does the game award show? Is it Jeff Neely, Keeley, something like oh, that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Keely, Neely, Feely, Sheely. <laughs> Monomelia. Je- yeah, Jeff Keeley or something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he's talking to some Sony VP. And this is like, this is July. This is like, I don't know, July 20. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Something in July. And at that point, it was uh, confusing where did Sony just open up pre orders or they not? I think someone saw somebody, you know, standing in line for a pre order. They thought that like, GameStop was going to have it or something. So there's this rumor mill going around going, can we pre order now? And so anyway, Jeff asks and says, hey, so have you heard about this happening? And the guy said, yeah, I did. I don't know. We never gave any gave any order to say, yeah, okay, start pre-ordering. We never uh, made any announcements. We never tweeted. We didn't, whatever. And so Jeff's like, oh, yeah, oh, ha, ha, ha. So, okay, you know, just murmur, murmur, whatever. But the guy did end up saying, when we decide to start pre-orders, we will give you ample time. Right. To, to make, you know, plans or do whatever you have to do to pre-order your system. Ample time. Like, I didn't even know. Like, you told me, like, one day, hey, I got a pre-order on a Sony PS5. <laughs> like, they're available, what? You know, sort of thing. Yeah. You know, so even if it's a day, I mean, a day, in my opinion, is not even ample time. Microsoft's giving people ample time. Well, and, and I, I, personally, I put the blame squarely on Sony for this whole debacle because they're the ones who can actually set release dates for their product. And I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but this is the kind of thing that I think is, is just, it's bad business, you know, especially when you make as a company, a big deal. Like one of your biggest announcements at your showcase is this is the date and time that this will become available for pre-order. So then everybody makes a mental note. And then all of a sudden you have these retailers that decide they're going to make these things available earlier than that. Well, you're kind of squandering, you know, your, your, your brand affinity with, with your customers, you know, like, like people are going to be upset and rightfully so, because you're providing misinformation. Like, like what's the point of having that? And plus it makes you look foolish because then, you know, people are like, so is Sony like incompetent? Like, like do they, are there people not communicating with the retailers? What the heck is going on? In the age of mass communication, they're miscommunicating. And so I know I mentioned already with the Walmart situation where like, even if you pre-ordered a PS5 through Walmart, there's no guarantee that you're actually secured with it. Like, like it could very well be that you get one of those oopsie daisy emails, but Walmart's not the only one. Brad, who, by the way, was able to secure a PS5 at Walmart, Target and Amazon. Oh man, he's going to be a scalper. (laughs) 
he sent me an email that he received from Amazon, which is really surprising because normally Amazon is like the place. Like if you want to do a pre-order, what's awesome is that they don't actually charge your card until it gets shipped. And on top of that, they have the most robust cart system and it, they're, they're just, they're on it. Let's say it's, it's one of their, their, their core pillars as a company. But he got this email that says, hello, we're contacting you about your order of the PlayStation 5 console to let you know in advance that you may not receive this item on the day it is released due to high demand. We'll make every effort to get the item to you as soon as possible once released. And then it goes on to say, like, you can um, track the latest shipment status of your order under your orders on Amazon.com. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again soon. Sincerely, customer service at Amazon. Um, so th- I thought that was really surprising because Amazon is always on their game, even when it comes to shipments. Like anytime you have some sort of really popular item that goes up for pre-order, Amazon is like one of the places that that you want to try and score it on because they're going to like on that day that it's supposed to drop, like they will drop it off in front of your, your front door. So it's interesting how even they are, are struggling a bit with like how many pre-orders went into play. And I also think too, it goes back to the, uh, the fault being placed squarely on Sony because Sony may have overpromised a certain number, uh, to, uh, whatchamacallit, um, um, the different retailers like Amazon and whatnot, and then may have actually come back and said, Oh, you know what? We're not going to be able to meet that number due to uh, hardware restrictions because we did. Did you hear about how Sony I was just about to ask you? Steve, why don't you take it away for so, us? So, yeah, Sony's getting uh, they don't they can't get enough chips. Their uh, their their potato chips aren't coming in, <laughs> and so they're having to cut back production and uh, back down on some promises. Cheddar and uh, sour cream or sour cream and onions? Oh, man. Sour cream and cheddar. Well, what's the the ruffles flavor? It's the... the I thought it was cheddar and maybe it's something else. Mm. I thought it was cheddar and sour cream. I don't know. Sour cream and onion does sound kind of good. How about simple? Barbecue. Barbecue chips. Um, I'm more of a Sun Chips garden salsa type. You know what? I was going to say Sun Chips are good. Sun Chips are the bomb.com. Sun Chips are not to be underestimated. Not at all. Nor uh, are they to be overlooked. (laughs) And we are not sponsored by Sun Chips. Wish we were. I like Sun Chips. Man, that'd be a great spot. Anyway. (laughs) um, So yeah. So Sony's Gavin having some troubles. So they, uh, this is this is not the move they want to make when they can't even fill their their. I was gonna say pup promises. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Pre promises, post promises, just present promises. Uh huh. <laughs> so anyhow, yeah, not good, not good, not good. So it's going to be very interesting to all of us to see how the Microsoft pre-order goes because they could just as well have some sort of issues that are unforeseen. However, I think that Microsoft is very astute in seeing how this is very problematic for Mm, Sony. Yeah. And I think that Microsoft has been burned enough times during other older console launches that they have put on themselves to know, man, we've got to really make sure that we're on the ball. And so I think this actually will be um, a bit of a, I wouldn't say a win for Microsoft, but it definitely makes them uh, 
be in a better position, I would say. Just just overall, because when people think back, here's the thing. When people think back to this console's release, they're totally gonna remember how Sony once again, and this is this is this is a, a repeated <laughs> pattern with Sony, is like they tend to bungle their release. They like do. there's always some sort of issue. And it's the most weirdest thing because Sony is this huge company. There shouldn't be any kind of issue whatsoever. And if Microsoft is able to have a seamless rollout, that will go into their favor uh, and history will smile on them in that regard. There are other parts of how they've handled this entire rollout campaign that uh, history will not smile on them. Such as not having any killer apps to come out with in the yeah, game release. Really. You got this five hundred dollar paperweight. Yeah. I, I, I joke around with everybody how it's so ironic to me that I'm buying a next gen system to play a current gen game known as Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven in order to enjoy it on a next gen system because that is literally the only killer app that's being released when the next gen systems come out. Like it's like you guys, and it wasn't just them; it was Sony too. Like how on earth? Dude, neither one of you have a first-party killer app title that's going to coincide with the release of your console that you have had in development for years. Well, not only that, but this is the generation where some of the smaller developers are making stuff that's blowing out the bigger developers right out of the water and being humble about it, too. My goodness. Yeah, definitely. So did you have any concluding thoughts, Steve? You know, Russ, good luck getting yours. If you need me to, you know take a time off my lunch break to make sure yours gets delivered on time. Are you talking about the Xbox Series X or the PS5? Your PS5, Russ. I'll make sure that gets to you because you know when those ship, you're going to have some porch pirates looking at those Amazon vans. That's very true. That's very, very true. We'll have to see how... Well, I I mean... I'll make sure I look extra ugly that day. So if anybody comes up to your driveway, I'll snarl at them. (laughs) Hawk a loogie (laughs) onto their tennis shoe. (laughs) Well, that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, which is spelled J-O-Y-G-A-S-M, and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. Take care, everybody.